coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. We all have pain, we all have suffering, we all have issues that we go through daily, whether it's people who hurt our feelings, our husbands, our wives, our parents, but trusting God and trusting in His love is the most secure place you can be in. And I know that for myself now, because I do believe and I do know that God loves me, is the most secure feeling in the world that no matter what happens around us, no matter how people treat us, no matter if I've had a good day or a bad day, I can, I can depend on the love of, of God. If you would have known Karen 40 years ago, you would have walked up and in 30 seconds, she would have known this was a very insecure person. I mean, just the way she carried herself, she was just very shy, very insecure. But I dealt with my insecurities different. In fact, the more insecure I felt, the more macho I acted. And so if you walked up to me, if you walked up to Karen and you were kind of intimidating to her, she would just cow down and, and just go into, you know, kind of just a, uh, you know, a real shy type of a way. If you came to me and made me feel insecure, I'd shove my chest out at you and just stand and stare at you. But I was insecure on the outside. I was acting macho. Let me say this. You all deal with insecurities. We all deal with insecurities in our own ways, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's turning to God or turning to a substance, whether it's godly or not godly. I believe that every single individual feels insecure at times, and we deal with that, and it's either an opportunity for God or the devil. All of our insecurities, we're, we're going to deal with them in some way, right or wrong, and it's going to become an opportunity for God or the devil. Let me say this, you'll either live your life insecure, falsely secure, or secure in God. And the only true answer for insecurity is a personal relationship with God. You'll hear me say that through this entire message. That is the only answer. And the world does not have security in God. When the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, it's saying, don't solve your problems the way the world solves problems. Let me say this. You know that I'm telling you the truth. The world finds security in money, right? Listen, money's important. God is essential. And the apostle Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever manner I'm in, in need or in abundance. In other words, what Paul was saying is, I'm secure regardless of how much money I've got in my pocket or don't have. When God is in our lives, we can be secure. The world finds security in appearance, in looks. It's, it's something that's, you know, it's unbelievable, the, the level of importance this is placed. And if we're not careful as believers, we'll do the same thing. It's good to look good. It, it's good to look your best. That's an important thing. You know, that's, that's something I think that we would all want to do. But, but I want to tell you the truth, and this is just, I'm going to give you the bottom line. And don't constantly compare yourself to things. It's tormenting. And it just makes you feel all the more insecure. And again, I want to say, as believers, we should think differently than the world thinks. And we're all in this world, and we're all affected by that kind of thinking of putting my security in money, putting my security in my appearance, putting my security in my popularity, and things like that. The only way you will ever feel secure, truly secure, is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Psalm 91, where I ask you to turn there, this is the security chapter in the Bible. You know, like Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. There are certain chapters in the Bible that are well known for something. This is the security chapter. 
And if you want to live secure, this is a great chapter to go to and to, to meditate on and to, to uh, memorize, especially in times when you're feeling insecure or fearful. This is, we're going to read it, Psalm 91, and here's how it begins. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, let me stop right there and ask this question. Where is the secret place? Because the psalmist is saying here, if you dwell in the secret place of God, you'll live under the shelter of God. This is what it's saying. God will shelter you and make you secure if you abide, if you live in that secret place. Well, Matthew 6, 6, Jesus told us where the secret place is. He says, when you go into your room and close the door to pray, that's the secret place. And the God who sees you in that secret place will reward you openly. He who prays to God will come under his protective covering. That's what that's saying. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow, the shelter of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I trust. This is the confession of a person who lives a secure life. It has to come out of your mouth. Listen to me. It says here, here in your secret place, you're going to go, you're, you're feeling insecure. You're, you're feeling you're feeling insecure about your looks. You're feeling insecure about your relationships. You're feeling insecure about your job. You're feeling insecure about whatever you're feeling insecure about. And so where are you going to turn? Because where you turn is your security. Where you turn where you're feeling, when you're feeling insecure, that is your security. And we should turn to God. Okay, so it says here, I'm going to say, this is going to come out of my mouth in my prayer time. I say to you, God, you are my refuge and my fortress. I put my security in you. My trust is in you. It's going to come out of my mouth. I've got to say it with my mouth. And here's what I'm saying at the same time. I will not put my security in money. I will not put my security in my relationships and in people. I will not put my security in my appearance. All those things are good, but you're God and you're the only one who can give me true security. I'm going to say that with my mouth. I'm not just going to think it. It's my confession. And as all the other people in the world are running to their place of security, I go in my room, close the door, and that is my place of security. It is my personal relationship with God. And that's what this is saying right now. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Let me finish by talking one more story quickly, and this is the Apostle Paul. In Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, here's what he's saying. I went to heaven 14 years ago, and I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body, but I went to heaven and I saw things I can't even repeat. I saw things I can't even describe because it's indescribable. And he says, but because of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, let me say this. God either causes or allows everything. God did not cause his thorn in the flesh, but he allowed it. And so when he got this thorn in the flesh, it could have been an eye problem because in Galatians 3, he's describing he was having problems with his eyes. I don't know what it was, but it, he hated it. And he went to God three times and he said, God, take this thing away. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Here are the three steps to dealing with insecurities. Number one is turn to God. Paul turned to God. Wherever you turn in times of insecurity, problems, fear, that is your security. Go to the secret place with God 
and make him your refuge and your fortress. Turn to him first. That's what Paul did. That's what we do to deal with insecurity. Number two, embrace your weakness. And I'm not saying that we never try to get better. I'm not saying that we should accept everything that comes into our lives. Listen to my magic wand theory. This, this is my magic wand theory. If, we, if, if you had a magic wand, if I handed you a magic wand right now, and I said to you, you can wave this magic wand over your life, your body, your life, and you can change anything you want to change, okay? Here's what would happen. You would take that magic wand, you would wave it over yourself, and you would never need God again. Because you'd make yourself beautiful, rich, popular, powerful, right? That's why the magic wands are not available in the foyer. God, the things that we feel bad about and make us feel insecure are why we need God. If we could change what we don't like about ourselves, we wouldn't need God anymore. God loves being a daddy. God loves being a shepherd. We're sheep. God made us sheep. God made us to where we are weak. We're weak people. We're weaker than we would want to admit. We need a savior. We need a shepherd. We need God. And the way the world thinks when they're in need is they're trying to look for something, a substance, a thing, something on them or in them to change the way that they think and to make them feel secure. And it doesn't work. The difference between the way the world thinks and we think is they run to something, we run to someone. What does that mean? When I turn my weakness to God, it becomes strength because God and me are a perfect team. I'm not that smart, he's a genius. I'm weak, he's powerful. I don't know where I'm going and he has a, an eternal perspective. We're the perfect team. When I admit that I need him, I need God, I need God, I need God, I need him. And that's the confession that leads to strength. That's the confession that leads to security. But we can't find God until we admit our need for God. And then the third thing that we do is put faith in God's grace. And what that means is you don't have to deserve it. You don't have to deserve anything. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Listen, when you need God most, you deserve him the least. I, I need him because I'm a mess, right? Anybody agree with that? I need him because I'm a mess. And what that means is because I'm a mess, I don't deserve him. You know what God says? Come jump in daddy's lap. I don't care how bad that diaper smells. Come on. You have grandkids, you know what I'm talking about. I've had near-death experiences over that stuff. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter because I love them. And they're my kids. We can't get our act together till we get in daddy's lap. And Daddy's Lap is a lap of grace and love unconditional. I love this series. I changed my mind because we can change our minds. And you know, almost all of us, you know, come into life and especially into adulthood with some really toxic thinking that changes our lives dramatically. But thank God we can change our minds. And so I hope this was a blessing to you. But you know, we have an entire series of messages uh, called I Changed My Mind about fear, about, you know, all kinds of things, my attitude. And right now, uh, as you support marriage today, you know, we're a mission and a ministry. Hopefully we minister to you. We minister to millions of people across America, around the world, but we're a mission for marriage. 
uh, to many people who desperately need this information. Please be generous with us if you could support us financially. And right now, for your gift of any amount, we want to give you the CD single, I Changed My Mind About My Attitude. One of the most powerful messages you'll ever hear, I promise. And you'll give it away to somebody else because it is a, a blessing. For your gift right now of $55 or more, we'll get you the entire CD series, I Changed My Mind, along with my book, When Life Hurts. And so they go together so well because that book really ministers to the hurts that we have in our lives, which all of us have. All of us have toxic thinking. All of us have hurts from our past. And also right now, for your gift of $90 or more, we'll get you the five-part DVD series, uh, I Changed My Mind, along with the book, When Life Hurts. Super information to minister to you, to your marriage and your family. Here's how you can get it. I changed my mind. Overcome negative thoughts and live a life of freedom and peace through this practical series by Jimmy Evans. For your gift of $55 or more, you'll receive the CD series and Jimmy's book, When Life Hurts. For your gift of $90 or more, you'll receive the DVD series and book. Discover how to always have a positive attitude, how to overcome worry and anxiety, and how to eliminate fear and find fulfillment. We have the ability to expose, to challenge, and to expel any thought that is in our minds right now that doesn't belong there. For your gift of any amount to support the mission and ministry of marriage today, we'll send you the CD single, I Changed My Mind About My Attitude. Happiness is a choice within your control. You can change your mind and experience breakthrough in every area of your life. Experience this powerful series by Jimmy Evans today. I really was born shy. I think all of us are born a certain way. And so um, from the beginning of my life, I remember just being shy. I can remember my parents were very frustrated people because they were both very strong, uh, dominant people. They were, they had a lot of self-confidence. They, they were go-getters. They were hard workers. They, you know, they were very uh, involved in their community. And so we were always, you know, put in a situation where we're around a lot of um, other people. And so it just increased my uh, insecurities just to be around all that because I didn't know how to deal with it. I was so insecure. I knew God was good. I knew God created the world and he must be so fabulous. But something must have happened on the way from my birth to where I was at that point that made me something that wasn't good. And so um, I remember just, you know, going through that kind of a life and, and just uh, I, when I say hate, y'all, I mean really hate. Um, I think that's the reason I so love the, the body of Christ and what the scriptures do for us is because there's such an opposite. I know what hate feels like. I know what it's like to live in that. And I don't want ever to go back to that. And to experience the love we experience now is so, is so much of the message that we want to get out. Um, and so, I grew up, Jimmy and I started dating, and he was the first person that saw good in me. I mean, he, he really did. He just, he loved me for who I was. I didn't understand why he thought I was beautiful. I never did. To this day, he knows. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so, and I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> and so, um, but he's, he has been such a, uh, inspiration to me of constantly saying good things about me, but it didn't help. And I knew that I had to get this, this thing fixed in me some other way. And so I just began to, you know, seek God on my own, just talking to God and just begging Him to change me. And Jimmy and I were having horrible fights. And this is when we were first married. 
And I remember just crying out to God and saying, God, you know, I can't live like this anymore. It's too painful. It hurts too much. And I um, opened, it was like, a, I just felt impressed to open my Bible. And at that point, I didn't know the Bible very well. And I opened it up and it, it fell open literally into Psalm 6. And it was David saying, God, please don't be mad at me. Please don't take your anger out on me. I just need you. And I, and he's talked about soaking his couch with tears and how much he just wanted the love of God to, to rescue him. And I remember I read that, and the second I saw that, I, I spent most of my nights going to sleep uh, crying because, you know, we would have these horrible fights and nothing was ever resolved. And so I, I read that and I was just like, oh my gosh, God, you see, you understand. And the, But there's one thing I couldn't get uh, satisfaction in. I couldn't believe that God could like me or love me. It was like something in me just... It, I don't even, I can't explain it what, what it was, but I couldn't believe that he could really love me. But I was committed and I was determined I was going to know what that word of God said because I was embarrassed not to know. And so I started reading it. And as so I began to read it, Jimmy started seeing a change in me. And so one of the biggest changes came because I really stayed in um, trying to be a good person and, and learning how to have behavior that was pleasing to God. And the more I read, the more I wanted to change. And I remember Jimmy and I had another big fight and he was like yelling at me and saying, you know, you disobedient little rebellious woman. And I, I wanted to think, are you kidding me? I know a lot more rebellious than me. And but I remember for the very first time just kind of standing up and thinking, hey, wait a second, I've been reading 1 Peter 3 and I think I'm being pretty nice. And, I, and, he, and it was like, that was when I kind of said, uh-uh, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just really sweetly said, walked out of the room. And that's when we had that big fight. But what I realized is God has started changing my heart. And um, as I began to just, you know, trust that the Lord has changed me and His Word had changed me, it was just like, um, it became the thing that really, you know, healed our marriage. And, and so that's what Jimmy says, like even in the seminars, he says, you know, the Word of God came and He healed them. The Word of God is the most powerful thing you can put in your life. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. I just know it's the truth because I am a living testimony that every single day I still read this Word and it still jumps out of the page at me and it ministers to some area of my life like no, Jimmy can't even do this for me. And it's, it's, it's like God is, it's so powerful. And so if you're not reading the Word of God, I just, I'm just telling you, you need the truth in you because we're living in a world that doesn't know truth. And, and you have to know this for yourself because it's how you're going to survive in the days ahead. It's how you're going to hold your head up high when Jesus Christ comes back and you're not going to sh shrink back and you're not going to be fearful that he doesn't love you. You're not going to be fearful that you haven't done all the things you need to do because you're going to know what the word says and you're going to trust that. And that's one of the things that, you know, I told the Lord, I said, I really do want to know the love of God. I want to know that you love me. I don't want to question that. And also, the thing that the Lord really spoke to my heart about is there's there's a there's a beauty in love, but there's a, also a power in trusting Him, and we have to be able to trust God in every area of our life. And no matter what's going on, it's we all have pain, we all have suffering, we all have issues that we go through daily, whether it's people who hurt our feelings, our husbands, our wives, our parents, but trusting God and trusting in His love is the most secure place you can be in. And I know that for myself now, because I do believe and I do know that God loves me, is the most secure feeling in the world that no matter what happens around us, no matter how people treat us, no matter if I've had a good day or a bad day, I can I can depend on the love of, of God, that no matter what I've done, he's going to keep on loving me, and I'm secure in that love.
Well, this program today is on changing our mind about insecurity. In other words, changing from a life of insecurity to a life of security in God. And Karen, we have some questions for our viewers. Uh, yes, it's from a husband, and he is very insecure, and he recently lost his job and has become even more self-critical. How can he turn this around? I, I'm, I'm going to say something briefly, and I want you to answer this. Karen was the most insecure person I've ever known when I met her. Beautiful, I mean, mm-hmm. gorgeous, insecure, and had the lowest self-esteem. I believe you had the lowest self-esteem of any person I've ever known. And so when she talks about him, I really can't relate to that, but you can. I, I can. I can relate to the insecurity. But sometimes, you know, we need to be careful that we're, you know, because you feel something is not who you are. You know, like I yeah. might feel insecure or I might feel very self-conscious or, you know, have all the self-hate thoughts and all that kind of stuff. But it's not really who we are. And, that's you know, right. and that's why, you know, with this man, you know, I can so identify with, um, probably what's happened is he somehow along in his life, he, he was programming him that you are what you do. And if you uh, have a job and you lose a job, that means you're a failure. And so you're no longer a good person or, a, you know, you've got problems. And those insecurities come back in because you're thinking, I am what I do. And because um, I had this issue, you know, I had um, so so much low self-esteem, and I thought I can't speak, I can't, you know, I'm not, I did, I don't have great giftings like a lot of my friends have, you know, and uh, so I would compare myself, and I would see these things in myself that I hated, and you know, you get caught up in that, and so with this man, my heart goes out to him because I can imagine, you know, as a man supposed to be the breadwinner and all that, and you lose your job, it has to feel very personal, you know, and it's and you want to provide for your family, and you're not, and so the you know the enemy gets on top of that and just beats you down even more, and, you know, and I went through this, you know, when we we'd have issues in our marriage, you know, it was easy for Jimmy to convince me I was a problem because. I did feel like a problem. You know, I felt like I was not worth, you know, anything. And for anybody who's watching has insecurities, my number one, you know, advice is get to know who God is and then let God tell you who you are. Because, you know, the enemy likes to lie to us about who we are. He likes to get you to look over there and say, you should be like them. It's too bad you can't talk like them. You know, it's too bad that you're married to a man that can speak because if you could speak, just imagine what <laughs> you could do. Hey, you know, I've had these conversations, trust me. And so, and you know, and I think we all battle insecurities at all times of our life. You know, we just learn to be more mature about it. It. You know, like I, Jimmy knows, I still get a, very insecure about coming on TV because there's a lot of hard work to do here. And so, um, you know, don't get down because of that. And if your husband or your wife is insecure, you know, d- sometimes I, the most appreciative I get about Jimmy, or the, one, of, one of the things I love about him the most, he never gets tired of telling me how good I am or how wonderful I am. And, you know, it, for a lot of people, they'd get like, how many times am I going to have to tell her? And he never gets tired of that. And it's such a blessing to me. So if you're married to somebody who needs to be told more often than normal, don't stop telling them. Keep encouraging them, you know, and let the Lord, you know, mature them. And then you'll get to the place that Jimmy and I are in where, yes, I may have insecurities, but I know how to handle them now. Well, and you're healed. Mm-hmm, very. And, and the Lord healed Karen. Mm-hmm. And she sought the Lord rather than turning it inward, she turned it upward. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the greatest virtue, Karen, of you. You always turned it to the Lord. 
And so I'm sorry that we're, we're out of time, but let me tell you something. God, God can heal your insecurities, mm -hmm. whatever you're going through, because it doesn't just affect you, it affects your marriage. So we hope this is helpful. We want you to watch this. I hope this program today has been a blessing to you. We love coming to you to encourage you in your marriage and in life in general. You know, marriage today is under attack. There is absolutely no doubt about it. It's just under attack. And we raise a standard. Marriage today exists to come to you and to people all across America and around the world and help them to succeed in marriage. We see the media. We see the entertainment industry. We see our own government so disrespectful of marriage, the way God created it. And today we see an absolute assault against the family unit and against traditional marriage. Marriage today exists to raise the standard, God's standard for marriage. And so would you help us? We're asking you, if you're blessed by this ministry, if you believe in what we're doing, the information is there on your screen of how you can call us, how you can write us and send us a gift, or how you can go online right now on our secure website and give to support Marriage Today. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and everything that you give to us goes to minister to marriages, to keep little children together with their parents, to keep families intact, and to give the next generation hope that marriage works. Marriage works 100% of the time when you do it God's way. We all have a 100% chance of success in marriage when we do it according to God's design. And that's what we love to do. We love to give people hope. We love to give people help. And we have seen tens of thousands of marriages saved, millions of people's lives touched across America and around the world, but we can only do it because of the help of people like you. I'm asking you if you would right now, to give your most generous gift to support us here at Marriage Today. And you can also become a monthly partner and get a special resource that only our partners get. And the information is on your screen right now of how you can become a partner. Thank you so much for your faithful support for Marriage Today. God bless you. When you stand with Marriage Today, your individual effort multiplies with other like-minded partners. And together, we can rebuild the dream of marriage for couples around the world. Being a rock-solid partner with Marriage Today grants you immediate access to an exclusive library of the ministry's resources and intimately connects you with our mission of helping couples succeed in marriage. That's really why we became rock-solid partners, just because there was so much available to help us to help other marriages heal the way, the, the way that we have. That's why we're tied into the ministry. We want to be able to bless and give so they can keep doing what they're doing. You're guaranteed if you listen to any of the resources, you read the resources, you come to a conference, you will be changed. Everyone has something to give. And there are millions of unreached couples who desperately need the marriage-strengthening resources of Marriage Today. That's why we need you to join us. Become a rock-solid partner with the ministry and mission of Marriage Today.